Hello, everybody. My name is Lucas, and you are listening to the You Thought Sportscast. Today, it's just me here, and I'm back for a solo show where I'll be talking about soccer, or as the rest of the world calls it, football. Um, and instead of talking about the German Bundesliga this time, we'll be talking about England moving a little further west and talking about their second division playoff. This division is known as the AFL Championship, and the playoff is to see who will play in the top flight of English soccer next year, the Premier League. So I'll be giving you a quick rundown on how this whole system works, who the teams and players are that you need to watch, my own predictions, and who we'll be rooting for. So, let's get started. So we'll start off talking about just what the playoff is in general. So at the absolute basics, English soccer follows a system of relegation and promotion. The worst teams in a league get sent down to a lower division, and the best teams in that lower division they get sent down to get sent up to the higher division. Each year, three teams are relegated from the Premier League, and three teams from that EFL championship uh, take their place in the Premier League for the next year. The teams that finish first and second automatically get promoted. They don't have to do anything else other than finish first and second, though I realize that's a little bit easier said than done. This past year, Leeds United and West Brom Albion finished first and second respectively, and will be playing in the Premier League next year, guaranteed. The teams in third through sixth place in the championship going to a playoff to determine who gets the last spot. Third plays sixth, and fourth plays fifth. In that first round, they play one home game and one away game. And the winner is the team who has the most total goals, or what's called winning on aggregate. So let's say you win 3 nothing in one game, but lose 2 nothing in the second game. You still go on because you've scored more goals overall. If you tie... Uh, the tiebreaker is away goals, so whoever scored more goals at the away team stadium. And if that's a tie again, then you go to extra time and penalties like you would in any other knockout tournament. The winner of the two semifinals play in one final game in Wembley in London, what's called the richest game in sports, uh, to see who goes to Premier League. And that's called the richest game in sports because the winner gets the huge TV money and all the other perks that come from being in the Premier League as opposed to being in the championship. So... Who are the teams competing in the EFL playoff this year, Um, and how do I think they'll do, and what's their sort of history? So first up, um, we have third place Brentford. Brentford, if we're being honest, of the four teams in here, has had the least recent success of any of them. They had a brief heyday in the 1930s, when they were consistently top half finishers in the first division, the division that used to be the top flight of English football and served as a precursor to the Premier League. Since that point, they've basically just bounced around the lower divisions. You know, sometimes being up in the second division, as far down as the fourth, but never really making a push to be back up at the top. But that's all changed in the past couple of years, especially this year as Brentford beat a lot of people's expectations despite having a low budget and finished third in the division. And a lot of this is up to their strategy and their decision-making. According to Steve Price and Forbes, Brentford are the Moneyball team of the championship. As many of you know, Moneyball is a a concept that got popular in American baseball back in the early 2000s with the Oakland A's. Also a team with a very small budget who punched above their weight because they were able to do great scouting and use stats uh, to find bargain deals and players. And Brentford has done much of the same. Finding deals, reselling players at a high value, and buying guys on the cheap that really fit their system and team. They've been led by a prolific offense in front line, which had a plus 42 goal differential, which is tied for leads, which is for best in the division. Um, 
This was especially thanks to Saeed Benarana, who's gotten a lot of attention from bigger clubs in the Premier League. So if Brentford don't get promoted, you could see him getting a move to sort of a mid-table uh, Premier League side that would really improve the offense of those teams. They did have a pretty average start to the season. They set ninth place in mid-November, but they worked their way into a playoff spot around the time of the new year. They were sort of bouncing around that third through sixth range from the new year um, until the COVID break, a lot of the time in third though. But after the restart, they absolutely caught fire, winning their first eight matches after the break. They were in a position too with two games left, where if they've just gotten four points um, in the championship and in most of the soccer world, a win is three points and a draw or tie is one point, they would have gotten that automatic promotion spot over West Brom. But they sort of fell apart. They lost to bottom feeder Stoke and Barnsley the last two games. Barnsley, though, did have a lot to play for in that last game as their win there secured their position in the championship uh, for the next season. They would have been relegated had they not won that game. So they were playing for something, but it still looks like Brentford, despite their hot start right after the restart, might be trending in the wrong direction despite all their talent going into the playoffs. Up next in fourth place, we have Fulham, uh, Brentford's West London rivals. So despite not playing in the top flight of English football between the mid-60s and late 1990s, they spent the majority of their time in the last 20 years in the Premier League. For all those Americans out there like myself, you'll remember Fulham as the team that Clint Dempsey, the starting American striker, used to play for and made a name for himself there and at Tottenham Hotspur um, in England. So this is their first season back in the championship um, in a little bit. They were relegated at the end of the 2018-19 season. And they're looking to go right back up into the Premier League. Again, that place they've occupied for a lot of the last 20 years, despite some blips along the way. So, looking at this season, despite their relegation, Fulham have been consistent throughout the year. They never really reached the heights of a Leeds or a West Brom, but they stayed in and around the playoff spots for almost the entirety of the season. And this is pretty impressive. A lot of times, teams have been recently relegated from the Premier League just implode. They can't hold on to all their players because they don't have the cash inflow. The style of play doesn't work, and they just fall apart. And you've seen this recently with teams like Huddersfield Town and Stoke City, who currently sit towards the bottom of the championship while not being relegated, and especially Hull City, who a few years ago were a Premier League team and this year got relegated out of the championship down into League One. So it's impressive that Fulham have been able to hold on to their key players and sort of make a push back for the Premier League. The most key of those players is their superstar Serbian striker, Alexander Mitrovic, who had 26 goals this year. Um, if you're looking for a team and a squad that is probably most likely to easily fit back into life in the Premier League because of their experience and the talent they have, it's probably Fulham, who manager Scott Parker has done a great job of coaching this year, sort of not having that hangover from falling out of the Premier League and putting themselves in a great position to be... Um, a Premier League team again next year. And you'll see in my predictions, I think that they'll probably be the one who makes it out of these playoffs. They especially were good this past year because they had great passing accuracy and played a very possession-heavy game. They were second highest in possession of any team in the championship after Leeds. So like to pass the ball around, create um, opportunities on offense. And they're really good at that too as with their passing accuracy, which again was the best in the championship last year. The team in fifth going into the playoffs who Fulham will be facing is Cardiff City. Cardiff, like Fulham, was relegated to the Premier League at the end of the 2018-19 season and is looking to make that bounce right back. Cardiff were one of the two successful Welsh teams 
um, that play within the English system, the other we'll discuss in a minute, and are the only non-English team to win the FA Cup a tournament played um, with teams at all levels of the English game, including those Welsh teams. But they won it back in 1927. And since then, their history hasn't been great. Since 1965, they've only spent two seasons in the top flight in 2013-14, and then again in 2018-19, both times of which they've been relegated immediately back down to the championship. But they're looking to rebound again, make that jump back up to the Premier League level, and it's an encouraging sign for their overall development as a team that within the last seven years, they've spent two years in the Premier League, despite not spending any time in the top flight of English football since the mid-60s before that. So this season, though, Cardiff play basically the opposite style of Fulham. They were lowest in the championship in possession, and they like to press, win the ball back high up the pitch, and quickly score and counterattack. And this is a strategy you see used really effectively by a lot of the lower-end teams of the Premier League, and a style which was perfected by Leicester City, who despite not having the talent of many Premier League teams, won playing this high-pressing, counterattacking style back in 2015-16. They also are great from set pieces, free kicks and corners, with the most goals from set pieces of any team in the championship this season. They middled through the pack for most of the start of the year, but like Brentford, they've had an excellent uh, time since the restart, winning most of their games, and they snuck into fifth position, and a really crowded pack around those playoff spots. Last up is Swansea City, who made it in in sixth place to the playoffs. Uh, like Cardiff, Swansea are a Welsh team with some experience in the English top flight. They really had very limited experience before this decade, only having a couple seasons in that top flight. But they played in the Premier League every year from 2011 to 2018, were especially successful under Brendan Rodgers, who is now the Leicester manager, but had also previously managed Liverpool in the past. Their um, ability to make the playoffs this year has been nothing short of remarkable, though. They flirted with the playoff spot early in the year, but it followed to 11th by the time the season resumed post the COVID break. On the last day, they needed essentially a miracle to make it into the playoffs, and they got it. They needed Nottingham Forest to lose, and they needed to win, and they needed to overturn a goal differential of negative five. So goal difference is the tiebreaker in the championship and at most levels of soccer, and Nottingham Forest's uh, goal differential going into the game uh, was five higher than Swansea's was. And Swansea did just that, not only winning their game by plus three, winning 4-1 versus Reading, but Nottingham Forest also lost by three, losing 4-1 to bottom feeder Stoke. So they ended up finishing level on points with Nottingham Forest, but they got sixth place over them because they had a positive goal differential um, of plus nine versus Forest positive goal differential of plus eight. So by that one goal, they snuck into the playoff spot. It's heartbreaking for Forest fans, a team that was one of the best in Europe back in the 70s, but they couldn't quite sneak in in Swansea all to their credit, played great, and got that last playoff spot. A personal favorite on the team of mine as a Liverpool fan is Aloni from Liverpool, Ryan Brewster. For those of you who don't know, bigger clubs also often young often loan out their younger players to smaller teams so they can develop enough time to play where they wouldn't otherwise. And one of those Liverpool youngsters is Ryan Brewster, um, who's only 20 years old, but in his 20 matches for Swansea, has scored 10 goals, helped lead the front line, and put them in a position to be in the playoffs. So, those are the teams we're looking at um, who will be competing to join the Premier League the next year. Brentford, Fulham, Cardiff, and Swansea. And so I'm going to offer a brief preview of these matches, and then my predictions, and who I'm rooting for to sort of round out 
the short little preview of an episode of a solo show. So the first matchup is Brentford, who again finished third, and Swansea finished sixth. These two teams play on Sunday in Swansea, and then on Tuesday in Brentford for their two legs. It's a matchup of two teams who are sort of a nouveau riche type, have not historically been very successful, but made their way up the division. Brentford epitomizing that even more, really only becoming good in the last few years, whereas Swansea has had success over the last decade. Brentford did that by relying on their money ball tactics, buying a lot of cheap players, developing into their system, and finding talent where others didn't see it, whereas Swansea has done it by relying on a mix of dynamic young talent like Brewster and mixing it with experienced veterans who are primarily experienced like Andre Ayew, Nathan Dyer, and they've also been helped by an experienced Dutch goalkeeper named Erwin Woodler. While both teams have been good for the restart, the last two games have sort of seen them trending in the opposite direction. I can see Brentford losing all confidence here and having no experience in these situations sort of folding under the pressure, despite the fact that I think they're probably the more talented team and have been the better team throughout the year. That being said, Swansea trending in the right direction, both the momentum from sneaking in, and they've got guys with experience like Ayu and Dyer who've been in these situations before. Maybe not this exact situation, but high-pressure, high-level games. So in a big upset here, I think I'm picking Swansea to win 2-1 on aggregate with a 1-0 Swansea win at home and a 1-1 draw at Brentford, bringing Brentford's season to a very sad conclusion, which had shown such promise and saw them in the place for a automatic promotion spot over West Brom with just two games left. But I think that collapse will be total and final, and they'll end up losing. The next matchup is Fulham versus Cardiff, uh, with the first game being played in Cardiff on Monday and the second leg being played on Thursday in Fulham. In a battle of two teams fighting to get back into the Premier League after a one-year absence, I think Fulham has the clear edge here. They have arguably the best player on the pitch in Alexander Mitrovic, and I think their possession-based style will dominate both games and lead to plenty of opportunities um, where Cardiff might not have them. They just have to limit Cardiff's opportunities to score off of set pieces, so just being careful about their own following in the box and limiting corners. I don't think this one will be particularly close, though. I see Fulham advancing 4-1 on aggregate with a 3-1 win at home and a 1-0 win away. So that leaves us with a final of Fulham versus Swansea, and I think Fulham again will come out on top here and join Leeds and West Brom playing in the Premier League next year. While Swansea has been on a run lately, I just don't think they have the talent to match Fulham, and I think the West Londoners advance here with a 3-1 win in Wembley on August 4th, ready for the Premier League's restart pretty soon after on September 12th. So even though I think Fulham's going to be the one that makes it to the finals, they're not who I'm rooting for. Sorry, Fulham fans. I'm rooting for Brentford. All the other teams in the playoff have been in the Premier League within the past few seasons. And as previously mentioned, Brentford haven't been in the top flight of English football since 1946-1947 season. I would love to see them go back up, but I don't know if they have the confidence or the experience to do so, even if they have the skill. But until they crash out, you and me, hopefully are cheering on the bees. So, I know it was a brief show today, but I just wanted to give you, a new listener, a quick recap of what's happening in the championship playoffs, um, what's happening in the soccer world, as it's one of the first sort of leagues to get into the high-intensity part of the season around the world. Uh, thanks again for tuning into this week's show. Be sure to follow the playoffs over the next week or so, and if you like what you heard, follow us on Twitter at YouThoughtMedia. Let me know if I had any bad takes about the playoffs, what we could do to improve our show, um, and follow us again on Apple Podcasts, SoundCloud, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts. 
And remember again to tune in on Wednesday for our normal group show. We're getting close to a thousand total listens and we'd love your support in helping me get there. Thanks again. I've been Lucas for the Youth Hawk Media Sportscast. And remember, follow the championship over the next week and go Brentford.